Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for and hockey tales this is stretchy con andrew dwyer guest hosting for uh the normal two whales with hockey tales host mr brent walton today we have the pleasure of speaking with the former starting in the 98 99 season 12 junior storm under 15 triple a squad followed up by the elmira sugar kings followed by the Western Michigan University, followed by the Syracuse Crunch, Land Shut Cannibals, Batman Steelers, the Heilbronner Falcon, a team from Denmark whose name is completely impossible to say, then the Cardiff Devils finally ending with the juggernaut of the senior league in western ontario the ripley wolves 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 brent how are you doing today good how are you doing stretch um it's nice to see you again after uh p it's very good to see you again it feels nice to be on this side of the table um i hope everyone enjoyed their episode of stretch Brent said I talk too much, so I apologize for that. But anyone who's listening, which is a small number, you already knew that. Brent, I just want to say, first of all, that I much appreciate you uh, having me on your podcast today and allowing me the absolute pleasure and honor of uh, spending the next little while with you. Tell me about the journey of Brent Walton. How did the planets align around the sun that is Brent Walton? Is that a question? Is that a question? Would you like to, uh, no, that was a statement. Would you like to uh, address our audience and say hello today? (laughs) Um, I'm not really sure what to say to that. Um, uh, I I knew that uh, you were my guy if I was ever going to have my own episode because uh, there's only been one guy in my life to turn me down for being the MC at my (laughs) wedding. So thanks, bud. (laughs) Um, So... First of all, I hope I'm the only guy because you've only been married once. Second of all, you got married on the same day as my sister. So 
Well, everybody's got to make choices. Hey, which one was it? Which one was it? That's true. Some things are bigger than sports. Was it Allison? Um, It was Allison. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, all right, Allison, I get it. Yeah. I'm and I'll let you two discuss that at the uh, next encounter. Um, Brent, Let's move it along here. Um, I would, uh, obviously, as uh, anyone who has probably not listened to the previous episode and skipped right to the Brent episode, um, I'm Andrew Dwyer. I am Brent's roommate from Western Michigan University and friend since we were uh, young lads as teenagers. Um, And Brent, let's start at the very beginning. You're a, you're a young boy from Elmira who just straps on the skates for the first time. <laughs> tell me about uh, growing up after, of course, being born in Georgetown. Tell me about life as a young chap in Elmira. How do you get started in the game? Um, well, my parents, my old man and my mom had never really been around the game, never been around hockey. And they only put me in hockey because their friends were putting their kids in hockey and that's the only reason why i started playing hockey um my old man is from thornbury ontario he's a bit of a redneck or no that's not the word he's he well maybe um and then like yeah it just uh they put me into hockey and uh I was good at it and I kind of took it from there and then they were kind of forced into putting me into it because I was so passionate with it and uh, I played for the Woolwich they're now called the Wildcats but we were just Woolwich Township back in the day which is Elmira, St. Jacobs, Conestoga kind of just I guess north of Waterloo um our little township had a single a team and we were the best team you'll ever see from Elmira. There was me, Andrew Lackner played in the central league first scholarship, Adam Hogg. Yep. Central league scholarship. Um, Dennis Weidman, NHL, um, and Rodney Bauman, OHL, um, so like those were all on a single a team from Elmira that were all my friends. And I grew up with them battling with them throughout every sport there was. <laughs> what, what bombing like, wasn't bombing a huge beast. Um, I think yeah. I met Fess. Wasn't he like a big monster when we were like still little kid bodies and he was like a big beast. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He was my line mate. Yeah. I've always had people that protected me right from a young age. Yeah. Well, I know it. Um, it's funny. It's one of the things you touched on a couple things that I thought about before today. And it's, I always, it sticks in my mind and I have it written down about your early life. Woolwich minor hockey. I always remember for, I don't even know where Woolwich is, but I know that you played in Woolwich. That's the township of Elmira, St. Jacobs, Conestoga, <laughs> like all that surrounding area. They all combined to make a, like it used to be single A. Now it's double A and they're like, they're for real. Now they got a twin pad. They got my small town of Elmira is not the small town of Elmira. I grew up in that's for sure. I had to, I had to move more rural to get away from all the people. 
I've cruised through Elmira in the last couple of years. I think I always probably send you a picture when I go through, like I do the Yance and Tabby, but it's definitely not the, the Elmira that we used to visit back in the day. No, not the day of the Sugar King. Or not the Sugar Kings. Well, the Sugar Kings, but the uh, Maple Syrup Festival that we yeah. attended a couple times. So I'm jumping all over my page, but let's let let me ask about that. So I remember you when we got to school together talking about um, you would call it the Sap Fest. So the Elmira Maple Sugar Maple Syrup Festival, whatever maple, whatever it is. Yeah. And we would go back and stay at Casa del Walton in Elmira. And I knew a few of the guys from uh, Niagara who I worked with at hockey school in the summer. Their whole team was the Elmira Sugar Kings. Daryl knew those guys and we used to go meet up with them and have a great weekend. But it's pretty crazy that that many kids off one junior team in one little area ended up, you know, making it as far as a lot of those kids did. Yeah. So my, yeah, my age group, like you wonder why the sugar Kings win the Sutherland cup. Well, it's because there's a handful of local kids, all the exact same age, or there's Kyle rank a year older that played in the AHL that had a golf scholarship and decided to come back to play hockey and then get a hockey scholarship. Um, like there were so many people that, um, it was just an incredible run in junior. And there was a lot of special people on the teams I played on. And uh, that's how you end up winning championships is uh, playing with special people, I guess. Well, can't hurt. Um, so uh Tell me a little bit more about playing for the Shugs. You guys kind of are a little bit like, a, to me, from like where, where I grew up and played, it's kind of like a big, like suburb type thing. Tell me what it's like growing up in a, a little town like Elmira and playing for the local squad. Um, well, I, I got to live with my parents through the whole time. So basically the way it worked was I played single A, till Adam. And then I actually went to Waterloo AAA. Um, and there was a coach that just, uh, he was old school. He was very old school. He was to the point where, uh, my old man was working in Guelph and, uh, he got to know some people and his life was there. It wasn't in Waterloo. So we ended up, uh, the coach, did a few things to the point where I switched teams to Guelph and I played AAA there. Um, and then there was a year I decided to go back. I decided to go back to my hometown and it was because I missed, like, it's tough for a kid, man. Like when you worry about what everybody thinks of you and you worry about like what your friends in your small little town think of you and your little, grade three class or whatever. Like I decided to go back to play with my friends from Elmira. I don't know if it was, I'm not really sure because it would have been the year you'd go to the Quebec tournament. Um, I did it because 
I just needed to do it. But then once I did it, I realized that wasn't for me that I need to challenge myself and that, um, you need to play with people that are at your level. Um, I guess. Makes sense. One thing that I feel, um, before we move too far into your, uh, your hockey story and career here is I would like to learn a little bit more about your two childhood pets. Could you elaborate a little bit on them? If you wouldn't mind, please. <laughs> well, I've had a few pets and I, I did get sidetracked on the last thing. Uh, playing for the sugar king so you'll have to re remind me after this but i know what you're getting at um when i was very young like like a like a toddler baby i had a a donkey and a goat i had a donkey named esau and a goat named gladys <laughs> and uh at at one point um our our donkey would ride around in the back of a hatchback around Elmira, Ontario. And uh yeah, yeah, that's that's right, Stretch. Yeah, you're right. I I remember being a young 18-year-old boy leaving the suburbs and leaving my mother's care. And sitting in a dorm room with you telling me a story about how you had a pet donkey and a pet goat. And I was taken aback. I could not believe what I was hearing. I was like, is that, I don't even think that's legal in my municipality. Like, I don't think you can have an animal like that as a pet. Like, that's absurd. I'd never heard anything like it. That's the number one. That's, that was one of my first impressions of you. Which is a good one. I'm I'm happy for it. They sounded like great. They sounded like great pets. But um, so obviously you had a lot of success with the Shugs. You guys uh, won the Sutherland Cup, and I've heard a few tales of how the championship celebration went down. How uh, how did that kind of wrap up, and how did you end up at Weston? Um, so that's yeah, that's kind of uh, um my second year with the sugar kings was which is the weirdest thing ever we started this new group chat this whatsapp group chat with the sugar kings from 20 years ago so this would be our 20th anniversary of winning the southern cup so That's the, no kidding so agates who is episode five van nia natten who is a future up-and-comer He's going to be on the podcast. Ben, I was such a, I like of all the dudes, <laughs> he was such a missile, that kid. He was sick. Dude. He was, oh, yeah. He was, yeah. He was super sick, dude. He was a wicked goal. Dude, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a stallion with stories. Yeah. With why, yeah. He's, he, he's a, so they've put together this WhatsApp group of guys that haven't seen each other, talk to each other in 20 years. And, um, like there was a point where everybody just started putting up family photos of like one guy put up a family photo and then all of a sudden they all just started coming and it was guys. We haven't seen each other in 20 years. There's guys from Winnipeg. There was guys from all over the place 
And because we won a championship, everybody is reaching out and we got this WhatsApp group that is just ridiculous. And uh, what a blast it's been, but like, it's because we won. And like, w- so the way it ended though is different than that. So all those guys that are celebrating that and are having a hoot, um, they all went their own ways after that. I decided I needed another year to season myself before Western Michigan. And that's when they offered me the contract or the, I guess I call it a contract, but that's what it is. So you don't have to keep emailing me, asking me for money every year. It was a deal. I would go most lu- most lucrative I ever signed. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, um, where was I? What where was I going with that? About how uh, a lot of guys went their separate ways after your championship year, and oh, then yeah. you played another year. So then I play another year, and. Um, I break the scoring record. So like, I still have it to this day. Like I have the Elmira Sugar Kings record. I scored 57. Really? Yeah. 57 goals in 48 games. Do you have your Jersey retired? <clears throat> um, no, 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 no. I never Do they have any that. jerseys retired. Um, I actually, <laughs> I wasn't uh, nominated for the MVP that year. <laughs> of the league or the team? Uh, both. Yeah. They gave it to the goalie. Yeah. Wow. Who's the goalie? Van Nijenat. Oh, well, he's pretty, he's probably, he probably had better you than you. Yeah. Cause he got 10 <laughs> shots a game and he came up to me the day that they, that it was announced. He came up to me and he goes, I'm really sorry, buddy. He goes, I would have never wanted this in a million years. He goes, I'm so sorry. He goes, I don't know why they did this. And I'm like, that's okay, buddy. Like it's, it's fine. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, you know, I'm only 17 years old and just broke the record for scoring in a, um, a franchise organization. And they, they didn't say I was the MVP. No, it didn't hurt at all. But like my buddy, who is the guy that they nominated came and gave me a hug. And he was like, I'm so sorry, man. Like it wasn't up to me. I didn't know they did this. And he goes, it should be you. And he goes, I'm sorry. And I'm like, no, it's okay. It's just my hometown team that like, uh, you know, it's, it's not a big deal. <laughs> you, you should have, Pat, you should have been granted. There's a lot of guys who played at that school who are better players than I am. But you should have pat him on the back and said, well, I'm going to play at Western in the CCHA and have fun at Niagara and hockey America or wherever the hell they played. <laughs> no, no. But the thing was, it wasn't Van Einad's fault. Like he came to apologize to me. As soon as he heard it, he came to me and he said, I don't know why they did this. He goes, I'm sorry. He goes, it's oh, yeah, for sure. But like, but like he was a great goalie. Like he was like, he was a fantastic goalie and I'm not saying anything. I'm saying that, you know, like if it's the record and it, um, and I believe the team's been around for, I would say 70 years or so. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I think we were already pretty good. Like, is the, like, but like when Van Nijenaten's giving me the hug, like coming up to me and saying, buddy, I'm so sorry that you can't win the MVP of the league because our team didn't nominate you. He goes, I'm so sorry. And he gave me a hug and I'm like, 
dude, that's all I need. All I need is that me and you know what's up. And um, that's that. So I guess, yeah, my jersey's not retired. Okay. So I, um, I coached talking about you have a record for your team in Elmira team that's been around for a long time, pumped out a lot of good players. I coached a midget team a couple years ago or going back probably five or six years now, when I first moved home from Georgia, took a few kids to go watch a junior a game. Cause one of the kids on our team had been called up. And I was like, oh, don't worry about it. Like, they won't charge us the $7 to get in. I recognized the ladies at the till. I was the captain of the team, and I walk up, and she's like, oh, yeah, fine. And I was like, yeah, it'll be 35 bucks. I had to pay to get into the game. They didn't even know who I was when I showed up to go in. So I think having a record is probably a little bit, uh, regardless of what, what, what trophy you won, having the record all time probably carries a little bit more in Elmira. I, I like, I, I, I loved my time in Elmira. Like I really did. Like I, I, the, the guys on the team, the people on the team, like it was the best time of my life. And like the, the year I had with Adam Kennel and Adam Hogg, my last year when I broke the record, like, we played together as a line the entire time. And those fellas knew exactly where I was at when it came to the record. They helped me so much. I like when it came down to like the last five games, there was no way they were not getting me over the line. And, um, and then the year before that, we win the whole thing. But the worst part about it is I lost my last game at junior. Like I lost it. It was the game seven of the Sutherland cup. And like, that's the year I break the record. So like, I am the guy and uh, we lose in game seven of the Sutherland cup. And it was, it still is just, like when I see this group chat of all these guys talking about winning this championship, like it's still the, the sour taste in my mouth of leaving junior was not winning. It was losing. Those guys left junior winning. I didn't, I left losing. Yeah. Well, that's a interesting perspective. Um, I mean, I guess you still have the one. It's pretty cool that, uh, there's still guys from that team that stay in touch. I couldn't tell you five guys outside of my minor hockey buddies who played on the teams I played junior with. I don't even remember their names, let alone what they're doing or keeping contact. So that's pretty cool. Um, well, it, it is, it's, it's, it's the most incredible thing and it is, it's winning. Winning is and that's the problem. That's what sucks is like mine and your relationship and Yancey and Daryl's is a relationship that is so incredible, but we actually won the roller hockey tournament. So we have that, right? If it wasn't for that at the end of a year, at the end of a year, when you don't win, you don't be 
become friends for life when you lose. You don't. You don't become friends for life because everybody's saying, well, if that guy would have done this or if that guy would have done that or if I would have done this or if he would have done that, when you win, when every, when you win, like, I know stretch, it's tough because like maybe when you're saying with your junior team and then what happened at Western Michigan, like you don't know, like when you win and everybody is like, holy shit, we did it. And like, this took a whole year. This took like eight to 10 months of recruiting, of bringing everybody together and you finally do it like it is the craziest night which i have a bad record but it is a it is the craziest couple days that you'll ever have when you win something no for sure and um shout out to the columbus comments we won a ton of games our team was sick by the way anyway but um, no, that's, that's, it's, uh, it's true. Like, that's what you hear all through the hockey world, right? Like winning championships with people like bonds you together, regardless of how long it is. Um, move, moving towards, uh, so you have, you know, win a championship, break a record the next year. How do you end up at the hallowed grounds of lost and ice arena? <laughs> So I, uh, my second year when I break my thumb is when I have chances to go see places. And, um, if people don't know this, like your first time you remember it, right? Like, like you're going to remember your first time, right? Like, so when a team takes you to your first college experience, like you remember that because those hockey games are so different than what we've seen in Ontario, like playing junior hockey. Like you get to a division one college hockey game and there's the bands playing and there's thousands of fans. And like, as a hockey guy, like when you watch that for the first time, you're just like, Oh my God, I would do anything to do this. Right. Totally. West Western, I always felt was like an undercover, like it was a bigger time program, even during like, I mean, Western's program now is like night and day from when we played, but even when we played, I felt like it was a bit of a, it felt like a bigger deal than a lot of other ones. I think. Um, I actually, yeah, like, Speaking of this podcast and why I'm doing this and the whole thing, um, there was a guy at work that one day said, like, you got asked to do three videos in one week. I'm like, well, there was a guy in Austria that wanted to do a, a birthday video. There was a guy in Germany that wanted to do this. And there was a guy here that wanted to do that. And he goes, do you realize how, like, ridiculous you sound? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I don't know. Like my buddies were just like ask or their wives were asking for videos for their birthdays or whatever. And then it was like, well, I guess maybe I have lived a bit of a different life. 
Yeah, you've lived like, and you know what? I think that um, you have, and before we don't want to go too far ahead of ourselves, but because uh, there's a lot after college, but that's like as much as the hockey part is, and I know for you and for your wife, Lisa, and for the kids, like you've gone to a lot of different places and lived in different spots and experienced a lot of different stuff that is, you know, just as valuable in life as a lot of, you know, hockey stuff, right? But we'll get into that part later. So tell me a little bit about, um, and actually I have something that I want to share with the audience. that I found, uh, well, I had mentioned on my episode, um, episode nine, catch it anywhere you download your podcasts. I don't think it's episode uh, thanks nine. For the it's not episode nine. I thought it's, it was. Nine. No, you're episode 11. I, I'm going to be episode oh, 12. We're in yeah, don't waste your time on episode nine, episode 11. But I'd mentioned on my episode that my mom would give me a big box full of random stuff that I'd like saved from college. I came across this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is a number 10 Brent Walton promotional poster voting for him to win the Hobie Baker his junior year. Look at that. Yep. Look at that baby face. Yeah. 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 Well, there's the goalie. There's the goalie is about to Brent that I can already tell exactly the move that you're doing there. I've seen that a million times. Thank goodness. The YouTube channel should be out now. So then everybody can see what you're actually looking Fantastic. at. Fantastic. Apologize for those of you at home who are not watching on video. It is a promotional video of Brent doing some of his greatest moves. Some including him wearing a cage, which was the early part of his career. He's using a, it appears to be a Nike stick. He has a full candy cane, has the biggest pair of Bauer gloves on you have ever seen. They are massive. Um, and then you get some, he switched over into a fishbowl and we have a buckets off. Um, you can see the Walton on his gloves. It looks fantastic. But why don't, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your early career at Western and you had a lot of great success there and tell us a bit more about that, Brent. <laughs> okay, Andrew. Well, that sounds lovely. Um, I, uh, I have never been so excited to do anything in my life other than like get that scholarship and get there. And like, like as a young buck, you've been, in junior at your parents house and you haven't left the house and like there was that morning where you leave your parents house where you all kind of look at each other and you're like well i'm actually like driving away this time like for real and you all kind of like look at each other and you're like okay see you later and like i i can't imagine that day with my kids but uh we go there and uh I beat you, Daryl, um, Yonsel, um, Vinny, like the whole crew, like, um, and it, it was just such an eye opener from junior B to like, you go from junior B where like, you're all pretty good for what you're doing to like, 
you're all the same again. You're all like, okay, so who's the actual best here? Like, and then you get into the new, like, thing. The new competition. Yeah. Um, I would second that sentiment a thousand percent. It is very, um, it's very, I remember, um, and I'm sure you do too, when we did our first, like even our first couple of, like actually even before we got on the ice and watched anyone skate around or shoot a puck or anything. I remember when we pulled up to our dormitory, the Smith Burnham dormitory, and there were a bunch of older guys on the team that were there to help us move in as we used to help the younger fellas move in on moving day. And I remember getting out of the car and being like 177 pounds soaking wet, six foot four, just a big, you know, skin stretch on a coat hanger and looking at some of the dudes that we were going to be playing with and against. And I was shocked and I'm sure a lot of people handled that a little bit differently when it came to getting on the ice and playing, but you, you scored a lot when we first got there. Like you had a very good start to your career. I remember. Um, well, I just remember like when I was going there, I was like, I just broke the record, like for scoring, like, like what else was I supposed to do? And then when we were going there, every magazine, every sporting article was about Vince Bellissimo and this fifth round pick of the Florida Panthers. And I was like, I'm just too competitive. Right. And I was like, well, who the, who is this guy? And like, I didn't even know anything about this. Like, like, so then everything was about Vince. Like everything was about Vince. And I was like, I, ah, ah. and I, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like my competitive juices started going and, but like, it wasn't even that it, it's not even Vince's fault of how everything went in at Western Michigan, but like Vince was the guy. And I just was like, I gotta be like that. It's it's funny because you you and Vinny were like kind of the two. Uh, you uh, for those of you listening in, Vinny was in the uh, Vince Bellissimo was the same class as we were. Vinny played in the American League. He was drafted the show. Played in the American League. Played in the Coast. Did really, really well. Played in the Dell. He I think kicked around in Italy. Maybe with his brother for a bit, but. You two were like kind of like the two alphas in our class about like who is going to be the best player. And there's a couple other guys in our team we thought they're alphas too who are older than us. But I always thought that it was like, A, you obviously did very well. Vinny did really well in college by college standards too. Vinny was sick. Like Vinny, Vinny, I remember when I got to college and he was my roommate our freshman year. Vinny like played differently than I'd ever seen anyone play before. Like he had like a weird style the way he played. Like you played like a style I felt where, and I mean, this is a compliment very much so. And I'm going to ask you about how you think your playing style was, but I felt that you played, you didn't play the game overly fast. You didn't play the game overly anything. Like 
you kind of just like you did like subtle stuff and you used to have the move where you shot the puck from behind you like you used to do the wrist shot where you dragged and shot from behind you but you did weird shit i'd never seen before that made you very successful all the time but Vinny played the game in like a weird way that i never even seen before but what 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 was your kind of what do you think your style was i guess i could ask Okay, well, I'm not even going to ask for that because this is my podcast, so I could answer however I want. Vinny Bellissimo, um, me and him, his our competitive streak, like between the two of us, that made me what I was, right? Like that made me, like me and him, we, it was like me and Eggett's episode five, I think if anybody wants to listen, but like me and me and Vinny were like, who, who's the top dog? Like who, like, but then it was, it wasn't up to us. Right. So then the coaches started playing me more and Vinny wasn't into it, which I want him to come on. And we've already talked about him coming on. So he's going to come on and he'll tell his story, but like, he was a guy that really shaped my career because like me and him battling those first three years. And then when it came down to like how I ended up in Germany was that like, he's ripping up the first league and they're like, well, you used to score more points than him and you're in the coast. Like surely you can do all right in the second league. I, I, I think the number one thing you said there that <clears throat> as a person who was around for all of those years, I really think that if there's any two players that like pushed each other more because you wanted to be the top guy, definitely you and Vinny for sure. Um, and I will listen to the uh, Vincenzo Bellissimo. Um, I would love to be a guest host on the Vincenzo because I have some good Vincenzo stories from when we were kids too. But anyway. Moving on. So um, we talked about college a lot on the previous episode. We talked about how you got there. Um, And obviously, um, I think that, you know, you had a very successful career through college. Everything went fairly well from a production standpoint, all that kind of thing. Then college is getting to the end. Um, So let's start at our junior year. So you're getting to the point of where you're putting a lot of points on the board and what are we going to do with the livelihood and future of Brent Walton, the hockey player? Um, <laughs> yeah, that was like the weirdest part of my life was that um, all of a sudden we're playing games and like I'm scoring and it's going in and it's all good. And then you're my next door roommate who's not in the lineup doesn't give a fuck right sorry f-bomb um but like (laughs) but like whoops um but like i was getting um video called by like the nhl network like they were calling me and i was doing interviews on like the nhl network and i had all these agents calling me and I had all this stuff happening and then you're like, not even in the lineup and like, you don't even care. 
and then Daryl's like doing his thing, and then Yancey's got his thing, and I'm like, whoa, like this is really hard to balance, like because it would be a lot easier if we were all just in this together, like you know. Yeah, I, you know what? You know what I remember about that time. I remember. Um, I remember the, us like crowding around your laptop and like reading emails from agents and stuff like that. And you're like, check this out. And we would all we would all crowd around and be like, whoa, like, man, like the assistant GM from Anaheim emailed Brett. <laughs> And we thought it was the coolest shit ever. Like it was, I mean, it's exciting. Like regardless of what anyone else is doing, like, I mean, regardless of who it is, you want to see you, you always take a sense of pride in like not only your buddies, like your friends, but you take a sense of pride in people around you making it. Like we take pride in Chewie making it and Vinny doing whatever, like it's cool. Like you want guys to do well. Um, I remember that was, that was I remember it being wild or, and I felt like that happened really quick too for you where it was like, all of a sudden it was like, wow, Brent's got to make a lot of real important decisions. It was, it all happened so fast, man. Like we were just going to class and we were like having like bets on like, if I could wear flip flops the entire winter. Oh yeah. Like with Yancey, like we were having actual bets about that. And then it went turned to, um, like, like real, like it was real. And then I was I, like, well, I was just having fun. Like, and then, yeah. I had totally forgot about the flip flop bet that you and Yahtzee made at one point. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 he never did. He wouldn't accept the bet. And I told him I would wear flip flops the entire winter. Brent, I'm going to ask you a question. We're going to go off script for a minute. You tell me what you remember about this situation. <laughs> there was a time where Reed Red Light Yancey was banned. He got a suspension from our three-person dormitory room that me, you, and Daryl shared. Why was he banned? Um, I actually had that on my notes for your <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> we had a poster up on the front door with him with the balls. <laughs> it said no yachts allowed. <laughs> yeah, no yachts holes. Yeah, allowed. Um, and he would just lay there on the couch. Like he couldn't even bother himself to get up to change the channel he would need like a stick to like, but that's would, back in the day. We would right? walk into our own room and he would go, as soon as you crack the door open, you go, can you get me some water? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we got to move on. That's we, we, that, we, 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 can, hey. Hey, we could, we could get stuck in a can of worms with that one. Hey, Brent, um, just for the benefit of everyone listening in, thank you very much. Appreciate your, uh, your patronage, but Brent, I'm the host of this podcast <laughs> and for at least the next little while until I get through my agenda, I would appreciate if you just answer the questions that I ask and we'll move on. Thank you very much. So, um, before we move on from our college days and we get into your professional career, 
Um, I have a couple of, or really one main thing that I want to ask you about. We already talked about the SAP Fest. That was number two. Number one, do you recall a local establishment called the Lafayette Tap Room? And tell me about your first impressions of that particular establishment. <laughs> oh, dear. It may be snort. Um, um, well, it made me love college hockey is what the tap room did. Um, the tap room made me love everything about college hockey. Um, you could be, gosh, I don't know, 17, 18 years old. <laughs> and, uh, you could go right to the front of the line. Like you could, and you could do realistically, if you played for the Western Michigan Broncos, you could do whatever you wanted. And it was fantastic. I, I saw some things in the tap room um, that uh, I guess I'll never forget. And uh, they were fantastic that I got to see that happen. I think that's a pretty good summary. Um, it's a good thing that I can remember all of those folks' faces, but I can't remember their names. But what a fantastic bar that place was. Um, from an employment, from an employee standpoint, <clears throat> moving on, we've already covered Narcho five before we'd be remiss if we do not, uh, at least skim over in your episode, um, for the folks that didn't listen to mine, um, our North American roller hockey championship season of the summer of 2005, which can only be described as probably pretty legitimately for at least one week of the year, the best roller hockey team on the planet. Brent, your comment. Um, I completely agree. I thought it was incredible. Um, I was right in the middle of um, trying to be a, like a real prospect in the world. Um, so and I don't, Brent, Brent, sorry to cut you off, but I don't think it, I don't think that it should be glossed over that you were risking your body, which was a temple at that time, and your career to compete for a Narch 05 championship in the Platinum Division. Your comment. <laughs> um, I, I totally agree. Like, I, I actually would uh, risk my body for anything for that tournament. Um, we won it and it was the best time I've ever had. It was, it was so much fun because we were losing in college and I hate losing. I really do. I had a hard time with it. So, yeah. Well, I cannot agree with you more. That was the greatest week of our life. And before we move on of course, of course, um, we're thinking about our buddy coach. So shout out to our boy coach and the Madalena crew. Um, Love you guys. Hope to see you soon. Um, so we move out of our college phase and we get into, we touched on a little bit that there was the opportunity for Brent to become um, not so much a young boy, but to blossom into a man in the potentially National Hockey League or that of some sort. So please tell us a little bit about how that came about and how you made those decisions. 
Well, I'm, I, you know what? There's a lot to this. So um, I guess I've never really talked about this. So, um, um, while I was playing hockey for Western Michigan, every time I would find out there was a scout or a GM that was there watching me, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't, I couldn't play the game. I couldn't just focus on the game and people would tell me they're there and I couldn't deal with it. And I'd see Ron Hextall in the stands. I'd see uh, all these GMs and agents that are coming to watch me play. And man, I seized up every time, every single time. I knew they were there just to see me play. I like froze like a deer, like in Bruce County. It was disgusting. It, it, <laughs> like, seriously, man, it, it, it sucked. And don't spit the garbage can over there. You'll be fine. Some of, I didn't, but, but, but Brent, some of, some of those guys might've been there to see me too. Um, so, so basically, <laughs> When my career ended and uh, uh, my agents tell me, like, what went on? He's like, well, Philadelphia is going to sign you. Like, they're going to sign you. And then I'm like, okay. And then he calls me back. He's like, Ron Hextall had a bad viewing of you. I'm like, I remember the game. I was there. I could see him up in the fucking stands. And I couldn't handle it and it was i was like he's watching me all the time i would be like sitting on the bench and i'm like he's watching me and it was like i i couldn't play like that and it was brutal because if they weren't there and they weren't watching and i couldn't see them i was really good (laughs) well um i guess that's a, I mean, that's a very, I think, natural thing to feel like when you have, that's a lot riding on it or whatever. Um, who are the teams that like, are the one that I remember, and when I said like, we all crowd around your laptop one day, I remember at the desk that was built into the corner of your bedroom that was beside my bedroom. And I remember it was Columbus is what it was about. What was the... Uh, what was the deal? Like, where where was that you might have been able to go if you had pulled the trigger earlier? Um, there was, I don't know. It would all happen so fast, right? And you're trying to go to school, and you're, like, you're, it's just, it all happened so fast. But, like, um, I would say that not much happened, really. Like realistically, not, not much really like you're putting your numbers where your mouth is like not much happened until near the end. Um, and then Columbus said, like, I'm literally done hockey. Like we're done at Western Michigan. Like me, you stretch or sorry, Daryl Yancey, like everybody's done the season's over like it's over 
And I'm like, well, I'm going, I'm going to play and nothing happens. Nothing happens. It's like a week or two later. And I'm like, what? Like, I thought I'd be signing with somebody. Like I thought I'd be going somewhere. Like I just had this and this and that for the last two years. And then um, Columbus says, well, we'll guarantee you a HL deal to uh, come here and play for us um, if we get first look at them. And the first look at me was like, well, I've just had a couple weeks with you fellas and uh, I haven't been skating and whatever, whatever it was, it's fine. But like after that year, um, I'm at my cottage here in Concordon at my parent or my grandma's cottage and the Toronto Maple Leafs call me and they're like, well, we want to see you. And I'm like, well, okay, well, like I I'm ready. Like, let's go. And I'm coming tomorrow. So then I drive from Concordon to Toronto and, or I sleep with my parents and then I go there do like the fitness test, do everything. Everything's great. And they're like, um, everything's great. We just, we don't sign guys that like, aren't that big a name this early. Um, so my agent says, well, Columbus Syracuse is like, they're India. Like, like they, they were the ones that were nice to you. And they gave you this, this, guaranteed contract um for going there but then they realized i i wasn't in that great a shape but then i changed that and then i go to toronto and everything goes great and my agent says well columbus has been good to you like they they guaranteed you this like i think you should just go with them and i'm like but then they had it was the stupidest decision i've ever made in my life like they had already decided where i was in the organization they already decided what i was doing um as soon as i showed up not with a six pack and six five and i was done and it uh it sucks yeah well it's funny because well, not funny in your case, to be honest with you, but it's not that way. And like the game doesn't seem to be that way, right? Like it's more. It's changed. Small, small, skilled, smart players do a lot better. And you weren't even like, in my opinion, if I think about like the way that you played, to be honest with you, like you're not like a tall guy. You're not like a big, like, you know, you're not like overly imposing physically, but you weren't like a small soft player at all. Like you were a pretty sturdy, you know, you're like a, you're like a Phil Kessel type player. I would say. I actually have thought about this. I would say I'm more of a Cam Atkinson type of a guy. I actually think that right off the top of my head, that saying that you're a Phil Kessel type player might be the most accurate <laughs> ass like assessment of your game in the world. You are you are literally Phil Kessel of every place you've probably ever played. 
That actually makes me upset. Um, I blocked way more shots. What? I played PK. Ah, uh, that's true. That's true. But you, you kind of, you kind of skate the way skates. You shoot the way skates. I, 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 I'm trying to say that as a compliment. Phil real sick. Yeah, he is good. Uh, but I think that I, he reminds me of your game a little bit. I think. Yeah, that's fine. I was just saying about a few points that, like, I, I don't think match up. You're much more defensively responsible, Brent. No, not when I played with you. I had, I no, you no. Defender. So where are, <laughs> where are we here? Where what where are we? So we're, my... we're we're moving on. We're past we're past that. We talked about kind of how you got uh, you were about to start your pro career. Um, you end up playing in Syracuse for a little while. And then you went and you lit the uh, coast on fire for a little bit. So why don't you talk a little bit about how that all came about? Um, to be honest, I never really scored a lot in the East Coast. Um, I had a coach that taught how to play defense. And our team learned how to play defense. And we learned how to win championships. And it was it was different than like in junior where like, it's more like it's more about kind of like skill and will, but like the 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 coaching isn't maybe as much as where we were, but like it was it was incredible. Like it was. Where were you? Where were you in the East Coast? Where did you play that whole time? Dayton, Ohio. So I. So what happened was I signed a HL deal. So they say they want me to come there and they want to have first look at me. They have first look at me and they decide they don't like me. They're like, we don't want them. My agent says, they've been really good to us. I don't think we should go with Toronto. I think we should go with them. I'm like, sure. Yeah, if that's what you say. Meanwhile, if you're a grown-up, grow grow up and make your own decisions, right? Like, you shouldn't have ever been with them. Like, they didn't want you. Go with Toronto. That's the new thing, right? Like, you got to make your own decisions. Don't make let your agent make your decisions, right? Mm-hmm. So, anyways... There we go. So here we go. So where are we now? We're, we're, we're done in the coast. So you go, you do your thing. Doesn't go so hot. I always thought that you scored a ton of the coast. I thought you actually lit that league up pretty good. Yeah. Anywho. We, we went to the finals. I, I did pretty good and uh, everything was good. But then I have, uh, I have a guy say, like you could go to Germany. Like you could go to Germany. Like, are you going to actually make the NHL? And he actually called me. He calls me and says, are you, are you going to make the NHL? I said, no. I said, he says, well, what are you doing? Like, why don't you go? Brent, I'm, I I just wanted for a reminder for everybody, I'm the host of this podcast. So uh, please stay within our agenda, Brent. 
Moving on from your East Coast uh, career, um, now we are going to get to your European vacation. So I uh, got to see from afar um, the uh, experience that you had with your wife, Lisa. And uh, I know you had, uh, obviously, the kids over there, <clears throat> Colby and Zoe. And why don't you tell me a little bit about how you're about to allude to it, but how did you end up uh, over in, I guess it was Germany where you started. So tell me a little bit about how you got there. Um, okay. Thank you for guiding me. I was, I was starting to talk too much like you did, eh? You're almost barely even on the screen. You're so far out. Jeepers. Oh, okay. <laughs> Holy moly. Hey, this is the second episode, same night. We'd also like to welcome everyone to uh, <laughs> 8, 12 Ales and Hockey Tales with Stretch and Wally. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, jeepers. Stretch is taking off work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, hold on. Moving so, on. <laughs> carry on so um <laughs> can we talk about how great of a job i'm doing by the way as a interviewer i feel like this might be my calling i don't want to get on track and i appreciate all the callers from all over the world this is our this is our ultimate episode and i appreciate all of you this episode has been brought to you by corona extra the cerveza modelo of you can get a five cent rebate on this if you don't live in Maine. So I'm sorry for all of our listeners from Maine. Okay, so where were we on the uh, on the whole thing? Do you know? Like what year? <laughs> yes. Were we on? yes, I do what? know, Brent. <laughs> no, we're we're Brent. We're moving on. Please focus. We're moving on. Okay. Tell us about how you ended up playing for the Dayton Bombers in the East Coast Hockey League <clears throat> and moved on to playing for the Landshut Cannibals. <clears throat> okay. So, um, basically, I had a big-time agent, and uh, it wasn't happening. It wasn't – things weren't happening. Um, so – Friends of mine from my junior team in Elmira, Brandon Diedrich, Rob Collins, the whole crew um, from a different generation that needs to come together. Um, but anyways, they uh, they were like, I know a guy that could be a good line mate for you. And they brought me over to Germany. They... Uh, they had this German team call me twice to find out, um, like, if I would come. And I, the first time I said no, and I said, no, sorry, I got an agent. I got a real agent. I got to play another year in North America. And uh, then the second time they called me, I was like, you know what? I got to go. Like, I, I, I. I got to go. Like, I don't even like it in the East coast. It's, it's brutal. And thank God I did. Like it changed my whole life. 
Oh, I can understand. It's it's funny because <clears throat> it's it's um, if you're in the position where like you're like a really great player in the coast, or like you're a prospect in the coast, like you're working towards like moving up. But if you're not that guy, like the higher up you get, like in the coast, it's like oh, I can sit on a bus and go from, you know, from Dayton, Ohio to shit where the hell do they play like go to from Dayton to Colorado like that's a pretty wild road trip and a pretty wild life to have it's a pretty difficult you know road to follow and that's the same thing in the Central League like you can be like oh I play in Rio de Janeiro Texas and I'm going to play a game in you know god knows where it's somewhere in california like it's like a four-day drive to get there (laughs) it's a it's a it's a tough it's a tough path to follow so obviously i mean so you get to germany i mean what what's what's your life look like in germany like what's a road trip look like like you guys can go on the road and drive probably 45 minutes to play somebody well that's the difference was that's what brought my love of hockey back that like Western Michigan, I didn't love hockey. I I was doing it to I wanted to be the best I was doing at what I was doing, but like overseas, like man, it's incredible. Like it really is. Like you have all these people cheering for you. Um they'll do anything for you like it's crazy like it really is it so um what happened was i go over to germany and uh the first year is going okay it's going all right um i'm like second third line and the team's like, well, he's not that in shape. He's not like, like he doesn't have a six pack. So they make me work out like crazy with this Bible Franz fella. And then all of a sudden, like it, it all of a sudden it's, it's playoff time. All of a sudden Wally can play penalty kill and power play. Like it's, it's go time. It's uh, yeah. But it was, uh, it was so much fun, man. Like the first year in Germany with all those guys and Landsoup, it was so much fun. And the reason I got over there was like, it was guys from Elmira, like, like guys I was the band boy for, like that wanted to come watch them play and win. Those guys. I ended up playing in the hockey tournament with them and they're like, well, this guy's actually pretty good. And they ended up being in Germany and they're like, well, who, who do you want as your right winger? And he was like, well, I want Brent Walton as my right winger. Like, and that's right. how I got to Germany. Wow. So how, how many years total? And you played in the second league in Germany, but what, what would you play there? Five, six years? You were there for the longest stint of your European career, were you not? Six years, yeah. It can sprick an ein Deutsch. Like, I was right into it. I was, I was as 
I was into being a German. I was like Lisa was too. Like we were, we were into it. How many? Uh, so if you add up your, um, this is poor hosting on my part. If you add up your uh, East Coast American League, European League, how many pro games do you have to your name? No clue. Zero. Well, it was more than zero. So, um, <laughs> luck- luckily, I have it pulled up right now. Okay. Your career stats were um, 19 games played in the American League. This young man has five games played in the Danish Cup. You have in the DEB Pokal, 10 games played. You have 40 professional games played in Denmark League. You have 57 professional games in the East Coast League with 44 points. You have 62 professional games in the uh, British League with 68 points. And then there's a cup to that where you have 20 games played with 19 points. In the second Germany League, you have 230 games played. With 283 points, which is probably the most impressive stint of your professional career. And then there's a bunch of other shit that I don't want to keep going through, but anything else that you would like to say to the fans out there from um, from Germany before we move on? There's a big chunk of your career that I want to touch on in the uh, British Elite League. So you tell me anything else that we need to know about about the, uh, the good people of uh, the Germanic territory. Um, I would say that it was it, like, it, it really was pretty crazy that like in beating hype Germany, every single time the team would get announced, there would be like, they'd say their first name and then the crowd would yell their last name in beating hype Germany. They would yell Mr. Brent, right? Like the Mr. was like, uh, I don't know. I don't even know what it was. It was like a, it was like a, thanks for being a beating hype stealer. Like, and then they didn't want me anymore, but yeah, no, it's all good. So then you move along from there and you end up playing for the Cardiff devils. Um, I know that is very important part of your career to you and also to your wife, Lisa. Why don't you tell me a little bit about how you got there and, Give me the highlights. Um, so what happened was I we played in Denmark, win the championship. Um, I think I do my part of the gig, uh, but they decide they don't want me back. Um, I'm second in the league in scoring in Denmark, and we win the championship, but I'm not us back, so we'll see well, well we'll get the coach on to discuss that but uh so let's let's pause let's pause there for a minute brent <laughs> do you think what, it's my body what what what, what, what <laughs> do we think what what do we think collectively was the number one reason as to why you were not welcome back onto the team um i don't think i was teaching the kids enough on how to have a six pack. 
So we could probably surmise that by saying you weren't being a great professional. Uh, I don't think that. I <laughs> I was ready to play every game. I of course. Was ready to, and I was ready to beat you for sure. Hey, Brent, you're uh, you're you're a gamer. I'll give you that. And I'm I'm only I'm joshing you. So. Tell us a little bit more. I cut you off. Tell me a little bit more about what happened when you were playing in uh, in Wales, correct? Yeah. So um, the first year, um, I just had the, the time of my life. Like, it was like having you stretch – or sorry, not – you, Daryl, and Yancey all together, like all the time. Like it was like, it was, the team was like that. Like everybody was like that. It was incredible. And, and, uh, it was something else. It, there was no way other way to put it. Like it was the best people I've, it was quite the hockey team for a professional hockey team because, like, you play on all those teams where, like, you're like, if you don't win, you don't ever talk again. If you don't win, you don't talk again, ever. Right. Well, I agree with that. And it is very much a um, – the best part about when you start playing pro and you get, like, a good group of guys – is that it's it's like being in college, but you don't have to go to school and you get paid every week. <laughs> so it's easy to have a good time and have fun. Um, uh, I know between some of the different stops you made, um, you guys, you won a couple championships in Europe, did you not? Um, I won in, yeah, yeah. So Germany. The second league in Germany, I won the uh, the Pokal in Germany with Biedingheim. I won, uh, yeah, no, I won about like quite a few times. I would say. Wow, well, it's pretty. Uh, all things considered, it seems like you moved around from a pretty good team to a pretty good team. Um. I guess so. Yeah. Like I was very lucky, like leaving Western Michigan, like it was tough. Like that whole Columbus thing. And like, they didn't even invite me to their training camp. Like they didn't even invite me to their rookie camp. Like I wasn't allowed. Like, and then my agents tell me like, we'll go with Columbus. Like, they've been good to us so far. And I'm like, well, Toronto's saying they'll do the same thing, but like, they don't have the history of like not liking me. Like what, what, but I wasn't mad enough to say like, no, this is my career. Like, this is what I'm doing. And that's what you got to do, man. All right. I have uh, I have a few things that I want to touch on before we finish. 
Um, I will allow you to tell me how much time I have left because I've got material to go all night. You tell me what you want. I honestly think this could go forever. Like, there's no, hey. there's no doubt about that. But I think we actually do need to shut this <coughs> down because, like, nobody wants to hear an episode that's, like, five hours long. All right. Well, I have a few questions that I want to ask you as we finish. And I would like to uh, thank Mr. Brent Walton for his, uh, uh, by the way, I have one more beer left. So when we're done, we're going to FaceTime, just have it. But um, hey, I want to thank Mr. Walton for his candid commentary today. Was it all right at the end though? Like, like we're, we're like on the second episode here. Like, is it okay now? Was oh, it's all, all right? fantastic. We better still be recording because I have some questions left. Okay. Okay. Well, I hope I'm okay so far. You're fantastic. All right. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're getting ready to wrap up our uh, episode of the uh, two ales, or in this case, 10 ales and uh, hockey tails with Stretch and with a special guest, Wally. Brent Tholomew. Brent Walton. So... In succession, Brent, I would I would be pleased if you answered these questions. Are you ready? Yeah. Sure. What is this start now? Since yeah, since you finished playing hockey, since you retired from professional hockey, not including the Ripley Wolves, a senior team of which you have been covered. <laughs> We, we got rid of the part about you getting cut from the Ripley Wolves, which is a huge part of my episode. But anyway, what is the largest swing in weight you have done since then? Uh, since cut it, getting cut from the Wolves? No, since the end of your professional hockey career, how much oh. weight have you gained? What's your max? I know you've lost some at some point, but what's your max? I would say... I would say 20. No, no more. No more than 20. I've been okay with what, 20. What's that put you at? 190? I, I, do you want to know what's real? Do you want to yeah. know what's real about this whole thing? What? Is, uh, if, so I'm going to release the Kumar episode and that happened five weeks ago. And, uh, when you see my face, when you see me, you, th- you see a pale guy that's unhappy and just not feeling it. And you look at me five weeks later and you see the video with Joey Martin. Holy moly, dude. Like, man, I... I know what makes me happy. Like I do. Like I, I know. And it's talking to you fucking assholes. And, uh, are we still recording? I think so. Good. Second question. What is your favorite type of wine that comes in a Magnum sized bottle? <laughs> a fancy dude. Correct. What did I say the first question? You described what your biggest weight gain was. Next question. 
If you were an animal, which animal would you be? <laughs> Is this real? Answer the question. I'm the host. You're my guest. Warthog. Why? It's all going to get done. <laughs> what what is your favorite for a shut the for fuck. a man shut up you're for done a man, you're done for a man shut up set, for a man who put me on my culinary journey what is your favorite meal to cook what is my favorite meal to cook yes I would probably say Spätzle from Germany. Uh, yeah, Spätzle. I'll make Spätzle for the kids. Okay, last question of our episode. And again, I'd like to thank for all the boys, girls, cats, and kittens who tuned in today. This one has gotten off the rails. Sorry, folks. Brent, what is one word that describes you? What? I said, what is one word that describes you? I don't know that answer. All right. Well, with that, we end our episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally and Stretch. Are we done? Should I shut it down? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm. And that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive me. I'm like Scott, I'm a gold band. I'm like Pete, South Town, Van Van. I'm always speaking my mind.